Welcome to your Tuesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Plenty to get to today, and we'll get to a lot of it with Patrick Royce here in just a little bit. Some great stuff with Patrick talking about you know a little bit of Wild, a little bit of Tom Thibodeau, and a whole lot of Dark Star. Uh, today is the nine-year anniversary of Dark Star's passing. Some great stories from Patrick, good friend of his, and uh, you know just an all-time character in Minnesota sports. So looking forward to that conversation with Patrick here in a little bit. But first, what did I miss? I want to frame this conversation, uh, something we've talked about before here, but um, just some of our some of our summer teams seem like they're starting to come around just a little bit, and I want to use that as a way to I want to use their start to the year as a way to frame how we should expect the Wild to play next season, or at least what what we should expect the 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 potential problems to be for the Wild next year. I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about the Twins, the Lynx, and Minnesota United Twins. Maybe kind of sort of playing their way back into at least uh, the, the road to 522-31 now. Sure helps when you can play Baltimore um, a whole bunch like they have lately. Fourth straight win over Baltimore on a, on Monday. Had to sweat it out a bit. Lots of people hurt right now, obviously. Look at their outfield. You got you know Buxton out. Larnick now got, uh, got something, uh, something going on with his foot after getting hit by a pitch. Arise out, Kepler out. Uh, that's a starting outfielder right there. You Jake Caves, your fifth guy, he's out too. I think their starting outfield the other day was Kirilov, Ref Snyder, and uh, and Kyle Garlick. No offense to those guys, and I love I love the stories there. I love Ref Snyder. In fact, I think Ref Snyder will probably be on Wednesday's daily delivery, uh, t- kind of telling his story, what uh, what this season's meant to him so far. But you know, it's it's just weird. weird things happen. I guess is, is the message with with the twins, right? All these injuries, so many other things happen. You go into the season thinking, is this a World Series contender? And you know, all of a sudden, so many so many things happen that 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 goes out the window quickly. Minnesota United, whole bunch of new talented players come in, but it, it's a it's a mix that they're still getting used to. They lose their first four matches of the season. Now, since then, there's been two wins. Then they got a draw, a gift draw against uh, Real Salt Lake over the weekend when they got a late goal, uh, kind of bounced in off a player after the goalie, the keeper tried to punch it out. But you know, they're they're not going great yet. Uh, they but they've got time and they got their new new players in Minnesota Lynx. Same thing. They finally won uh, on uh, on Monday, first in five tries, beat uh, Connecticut Sun in overtime after a late rally. Otherwise, that was going to be zero five. Another team with high expectations. So. Good for all those teams that they're starting to kind of figure things out after really rough starts, but I just want to use that as a way to frame the, the discussion quick about the Minnesota Wild. Their season ended last week on Friday. We, we did we kind of covered a lot of that ground in a, in a post-game episode, a uh, post-game seven episode, uh, special delivery we call it. Uh, if you missed that one, go back and check that out. Talk to Sarah McClellan about some future issues, things like that, but uh Going into next season, there's going to be expectations for the Wild, obviously, based on the way this year played out. The message here is that even though they seem like they are on a trajectory upward, I worry that they will be they will, they will suffer the same fate where they will struggle, at least initially, not just based on expectations, but because seasons are weird. They're, they are their own entities. We've seen it time and time again with our Minnesota teams where they, they have expectations based on one season, and they struggle the very next year so. That's what I'm going to be watching as this offseason unfolds, as we start to t- as we start to ramp up the narrative of what next season is supposed to be for the Wild. Can they really expect to duplicate what they just did, 
or is that going to be more of a challenge than we think? We don't. We 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 tend to automatically assume because one thing happened, it will happen again. And history has proven that it's been just the opposite so many times. So that's what I want to watch for going forward with this team. Give them a chance to kind of decompress. Obviously, this was a successful season, but. If our summer teams right now are any indication, it's going to be a long uphill climb next season for the Wild. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Tuesday on Daily Delivery. I almost said Monday because I'm used to having Patrick Royce on Mondays. We didn't do a show yesterday, uh, Memorial Day. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Patrick, you too. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, gorgeous. Uh, we got a gorgeous Memorial Day after all the people up at the lakes uh, froze to death until um, uh, Monday. But Monday turned out to be a nice day for the folks who do that. So uh, uh, we had to settle for a... Uh, couple hour drive in the convertible but that was that was okay too it was a beautiful day yesterday so yeah it was about perfect i think the weekend that people wanted was going to be next weekend i think that was the next one's going to be hot and a uh, good lake weather but uh, yeah it was a memorial day itself was was perfect outside so not a day anybody wanted to be inside listening to a podcast anyway so i'm glad we uh, we waited a day on that um waiting a day doesn't make you probably any more optimistic patrick about your New York Knicks. I'm going to start with the Knicks just because uh, <laughs> we haven't had it. Every, every time we think we're going to talk Tom Thibodeau, we, we kind of run out, of, run out of time or something else happens, but down three, one in that series, what's your, uh, what's, what's your, what's your thoughts on what's happened so far? My thoughts on it are uh, how the hell did this guy go 41 and 31 with this collection? I mean, Julius Randall's had a great year, but the Hawks have decided you know, we're going to just double team him and we're not going to guard their center. <laughs> Nerland's Noel or Taj Gibson or whoever the heck's yeah. playing center. They have no center. And uh, I don't know how they, I, I think everybody in New York, you know, they, they'd won, uh, what was it, 38 and 130 or something the previous two years, 120 or something, whatever it was. And everybody expected them to be a non-playoff team and to have them, you know, make the playoffs at the four seed. Everybody was in New York was happy and excited and, and had visions of grandeur as they do with the Knicks. But you see this team and you say, ah, how did they do this? So, uh, uh, yeah, they're going to go down. They might, they might manage to win a home game, but they can't beat the Hawks because, uh, you know, the Hawks aren't bad. They got that Trey Young who's fantastic. And, uh, and then they, I, I was looking at their uh, club and they, they're about nine deep, you know, they got guys on the bench like Herter and guys that, that can play. And, uh, yeah, it's a mismatch and, uh, and, uh, Tibbs, uh, Tibbs got them to the playoffs and every, everybody in New York was excited about that, but uh, they have no chance to beat anybody. They're just, as you pointed out, when we were talking earlier, Derek Rose is uh, they, they, they played these point guards, Alfred Payton and Nittalinka, these guys, uh, but they, if, for the playoffs here, he's, Rose has been playing 30 some minutes and taking all the shots. He's their only other weapon uh, right now. And, uh, 
And uh, yeah, it's not good. The Knicks are going down the tank, but uh, what the heck? He's going to still get the Coach of the Year award because remember, that's for the regular season, ladies and gentlemen. So, I, you know, he he probably deserves it at least in the ring. I think the Phoenix coach is probably going to win the Coach of the Year award. But um, he the the playoffs too, though. That it's funny you mentioned the just Derek Rose, Taj Gibson. Yeah. If there's uh, it wasn't just one criticism of Tom Thibodeau when he was here, but if there was. If there's one consistent crit- critique of him, and he's an excellent regular season coach, it's that he he kind of p- he pushes a panic button at a certain point, and he he's got his guys that he trusts, and he's going to go down with those down with those guys no matter what, and that's that's where he's going right now with with Taj Gibson and uh, and Derek Rose. Not that they're not still good players, but Randall and R.J. Barrett were kind of the the one-two in the regular season, and now now all of a sudden he's he's got Rose in the starting lineup, and it's just got a different look to it. Yeah, uh, but the the biggest thing is you know they're just somebody was finally smart enough to just take Randall away from him, and you know just make his life miserable with uh, two good players. But uh, you know, it's uh, I, I'm sure that uh, you know they got to get some new talent in here, but. You know who's probably discontent, discontented, don't you? <laughs> Going to bring that up. Jimmy Butler, yes. baby. Jimmy Butler. And there's no chance if Jimmy Butler becomes available, he won't be with the Knicks. It's 100%, right? Yeah, because that, that, you know, that, that was an interesting thing. Throughout the whole Jimmy wants out story, you never quite got the sense that there was a, a problem with him and Thibodeau. It was, it was more about the team than it was about Thibodeau, right? More than anything, it was, they didn't pay him when it came, yeah, right. when it came, when push came to shop, and they paid Wiggins, they gave the money to Wiggins instead yep. of him. That yep. was, that's what, that's what it was. And Hey, yeah, Tibbs wasn't perfect here. I admit that, no. uh, paying Wiggins, uh, drafting, uh, uh, Chris Dunn instead of Jamal Murray. And when I know for a fact that his buddy Calipari called him up and said, you got to draft this Murray. He's going to be really good. You know, the, yeah. the one, the one and done from Kentucky. And, but he wanted that toughness. He's still into that toughness idea. And uh, that, that ship has kind of sailed in the NBA. There's no doubt about it, but they somehow this year, he did get the Knicks to play defense, which, which uh, did not happen here. Uh, and, uh, they, you know, I got, you know, his, I, I do think, you know, I have a lot of fun defending him, but I do think he was hired to get them to the playoffs, right? Yeah, which he did. It wasn't that you're going to win an NBA title. It was, we haven't made the playoffs for 12 years. You got to get us to the playoffs. And then, he gets them to the playoffs the next year the, the Butler and the Butler things blows up. And then, then that was the end of the road. But uh, I don't think his, I think he answered the mission that he was given, which was to get him back, you know, to get him off the, you know, they did win what 47, right? 47 that year. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how did they win 47? You know, Jimmy Butler. And, uh, That's how they did it. Yeah. 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 And cat. And, and, and they would have won more because Butler missed what twenty games or something yeah. would have been me. So yeah, I don't know. He can he can still coach. He looks a little better. He's lost a little weight. Didn't you? Don't you think he's a little yeah. skinny? Yeah, he he's looks like a, he's, he's yeah. He's not a he's not a male model, but uh, he's, <laughs> oh, he's uh, never going to be a male model. He looks he looks a little better, but uh, yeah, it's 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he, uh, you know, the New York tabloids can turn on a guy in a heartbeat. So let's, uh, if uh, if the season becomes a failure because they get taken out by five by the Hawks, it'll be interesting to see if they turn on him or not. That'll well, that'll be interesting. I like how you bring up Jimmy though. He's got the the Heat got swept quick by oh, the Bucks, and then he, something just looks wrong there. There was the rumors or the reports that he and Spolstra had a blow up about six weeks ago. And his contract, I think, is next season, but then player option after that. So that's that's the time the guys get traded. That's the time the guys get traded. That would oh, be his, yeah, that'd be his fifth be... team since 2017. <laughs> yeah, after uh, pretty well being stuck. But he's, what, 32 now, too, or something uh, like that? Yeah. 31, 31, I'll, look that I'll look that up. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere in the early 30s, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not like he's been banged up enough in the way he plays. It's not like you're, you know, it's not like you're going to have a star for five years, but, but Stips Gary, he's today's what Tuesday. He's worried about Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's not yep. worried about anything beyond that. He's, uh, he's worried about Wednesday. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it. Uh, I had hope after they won game two, but man, they just got taken apart down in Atlanta. So they're, yeah. uh, they're, they're not going to make her. They're not going to make her. Yeah, they I was real win. hopeful for these NBA playoffs to not be as predictable as they've been in the past. But I mean, we got some good stuff going on out West, but uh, the East been are just all blowouts. So, yeah, we'll see if the Sixers can keep it going. Cause they looks like Embiid's going to get an MRI on that knee. He came out of that game the other night. That but... isn't good. Yeah. Uh, is he going to be the MVP or is it? No, I think it's going to be Jokic, I think. Okay, yeah. If you want to know, if you want to know who's going to win all these awards, just look at the betting markets. That's where that's where you know. I think Jokic is like <laughs> minus six thousand right now. So I think you know. Oh, who's really? Going. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's something. So that's, uh, uh, Butler, uh, Butler, thirty-two years old, by the way, or uh, thirty-two in yeah. September. Thirty-two in September. Oh, so. Oh yeah, he'll be a Nick, no doubt about that's it. A, I don't a, know what you got to give up for him, although. They don't have much, but beyond keeping Julius Randall, who you're worried yeah. about. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of a team that overachieved during the regular season and then uh, had a, a, it's, you know, a decent uh, showing in the playoffs, I guess, but, but couldn't get it done the wild. You were, we're talking uh, before the segment started. Um, I don't know how they would have fared against Colorado. Maybe it's just as well. They didn't make it on huh, Patrick. <laughs> All right, Sid. Thank you. I still, <laughs> that's still my favorite Sid of all time. Well, one of them, not the favorite. I mean, there's there's a hundred favorites, but the the favorite of all time was uh, when we, we we. It turned out we were lucky to lose to Atlanta in that the NFC title game because <laughs> we had so many injuries we couldn't have competed in the Super Bowl. Anyway, <laughs> the greatest disappointment in Minnesota sports history. Sid told us. I gotta find the actual clip, but I remember him talking about it on the radio too that uh that we were lucky we lost because we had so many injuries we couldn't have we the way Sid made it sound we weren't even going to go to Miami for the Super Bowl it was we had so many injuries against that Atlanta team we need Sid right now to tell us the wild were lucky they got beat because they had so many injuries so uh, they, I think they're doing uh, a uh some zooming today, right? Yes, the that is correct. Tell us, tell us what happened to Brodeen and stuff like that. We don't know yet, right? Yeah, yeah. Act, Act 2 seems like he got he was pretty hurt, too. 
Yeah. So, well, we're lucky they got beat. But, uh, oof, I think the the NHL does not give teams a chance, really. I mean, Vegas goes through the seven-game series, and they got to be playing uh, a day and a half later. It's, right. Uh, you got to give them two days off, don't you? And yeah, you know, you'd think they plan yeah. a third day. I mean, you got almighty, they, you know, they're, they have Colorado sitting around waiting for a week and they go out and beat you seven to two or whatever it was. I mean, they, had, they do that all the time though. That's their, I mean, I'm looking up uh, 2003, I'd forgotten that uh, both seventh games that time. And we talked about this last week, back were played the next night. Yeah. It was West. amazing. And you were going to, Denver one time and Vancouver the next. Yeah, it was amazing. And Denver isn't, isn't so bad, but it is. What what's the hurry? Take another. You're playing until July anyway. What's the hurry? I don't get it. So yeah, that, well that uh, that that gives you a chance to uh, what the uh, I was just thinking the other uh, the other good uh, the other good playoff line you can use is we took a lot out of them. We we oh, yeah, Vegas we, that, so. we took a yeah. lot out of them. Vegas must have they got all they could handle from us. Yeah, that's uh, you can you can spin it that way. That's for sure. You can you can spin it a lot of ways. But uh, I don't. You know, they got. I, I think people are. I, I I hear people saying. I had some guy tweet me and say, "This is the most I optimistic I've been about the Wild in decades." Well, they've only had two decades. Okay, this is this is not like uh, you, you can't count the North Stars. Okay, no, and uh, and you know. The other thing is, you know, 2015, they won a playoff series and they had uh, Brodine was 20 and uh, Coyle and Grandlin and Niederreiter and Dumbo were all 22 or younger. Weren't you optimistic then? <laughs> you know what I'm saying is they didn't turn out to be what you wanted them to be, but I would think that. 2015, pretty, and Parisian and Suter were both young. Yeah. We're both young. You know, weren't you optimistic then? Come on. Yeah, you uh, should have been, because that was kind of at the beginning, too. That was before I mean, we got too disappointed. And they, there was a series in there, too. I'm trying to, I can't remember exactly who they played, but there was the one year where they, where they got, they advanced, and then the next series was close. Like it was, it yeah. Was two, it yeah, was 2 2. I think that was 15, right? They won yeah. the, they beat and then they because in, in 14 they they beat uh colorado in seven games and then they got swept by the blackhawks right i think, I think that's swept. right yeah something so, like that yeah well, yeah but, one of those years no. they just got one of those years they got swept the next round i can't remember if that was the dubnik year or if, if they if it was the year that they had the the concoction of goalies that included birds Golov, but uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. It, one of those years they actually had, it was like a, there was, there was like a game six where it was really close too. So it was, yeah, but yeah, but the larger points probably. Okay. We forget how optimistic we probably were about those teams six, seven years yes, ago, right. but well, they, they got a, they got a decent, they got a decent oh, run yeah, up right now. They're, they're right going to have a hard time. Du- they're going to have a hard time duplicating this next year though. I think. Yes. And is Talbot, you know, Talbot was, very their goaltending was outstanding yes and goaltending is like the twins bullpen right the twins bullpen last year was outstanding it was only six games this year it's a bunch of flamethrowers right and flamethrowers in a bad way like burning (laughs) down the jungle type third uh you know (laughs) right 
I mean, this Hansel Robles would give me a Hansel and regrettable. I call those two guys, you know, uh, Robles and <laughs> Kyle Bay. and, and, uh, you know, they're, they're terrible. And that, and, and I, unless you're the real elite goaltenders, you know, the best, right. the, the best five that ever played, they're as reliable as relievers. <laughs> they drive you nuts. One time. I mean, doobie. Doobie single-handedly carried this team to the playoffs yes, one yeah. year. And by the time he left, there's get him out of here. Right. He terribly gives up more weak goals than anybody. So goaltenders are just, uh, as I once said to Herbie Brooks, uh, who I love to agitate because he would, <laughs> he would, he loved to agitate me. So it was fine. And I think the first time I saw him after Lake Placid, I patted him on the back and I said, man, Herbie, it's amazing what you can do with a hot goalie. And <laughs> that was not what he was looking for. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, he was, uh, you know, it, so is the goalie going to right? That's the one yeah. thing you never know is, is the goalie going to be as good next year as he was this year. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. Look at, look at, look at, Look at St. Louis. They came up here with this. What was his name? Jake, whatever. Jake name. Allen. Jake Allen. He was Ken Dryden. And the next well, year, he couldn't stop a volleyball. Right. You know, it, it's a it's a weird it's a weird it's the weirdest sport there is. You're There's right. No about it. It, it's just random. You know. Yeah. Well, I had had West Walls on Friday's show, and he said exactly the same thing. I mean, he's, he played. I mean, he said. You know, now he's an analyst on Valley Sports North. He said, you know, he's we talked great, about, he is great. He is, he is really good. He said, uh, you know, we, 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 on the, he said on the broadcast, we talk about the power play. We talk about the penalty kill. We talk about all these other things to try to make it sound interesting, but it all comes down to the goaltending. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's right. That's right. Um, well, Hey, we mentioned uh, Sydney. We ought to mention, uh, you and I were talking about this nine years ago today. We lost the great dark star. Unbelievable. Uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, human beings that ever lived. Now he once told a friend of mine that I was the brother he never had. And that, really made me emotional until I'm sure that he said that about 30 other people too. So <laughs> <laughs> there was always what Dark said and then what he was working on, you know, was, was the thing. And uh, my wife had some friends who uh, had a negative opinion of Dark in the, in the media, you know, sure. and, and the thing that they, they always said, how can Patrick get along with him so well? He can't, he, how do you know if he's telling the truth? And as I've always said, what difference does it make? They're great stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a man, what a character. He was a beauty and how, uh, I how, miss him every day. How did you guys get to be such good friends, Patrick, if I might ask? I don't know. I don't know if I know the uh, origin story of your friendship. I think, he, you know, we, well, we discovered him on the, on the Monday night sports talk show right. because he called in and said Bud was leaving the second time and we made a big deal out of it that turned out to be true because he found it drinking, found it out drinking with Mike Lynn's brother at the Lafayette Club bar. So he Perfect. But then we ran with it, but then he just, he's my kind of guy. He's a guys and dolls guy. You know, he'd be the play or something. He's, uh, he just, He's my kind of guy because he had the irreverent look at life and never took himself terribly seriously and and uh, was always up to something. 
but uh, I don't know. I just, I just love the fact that, uh, you know, big Minnesota sports fan, but, but also a cynic and, you know, those kind of guys. And uh, I, I don't, plus I, I, I always admired the fact that he, he was in, you know, in the car business, but he wanted to become a celebrity and he made himself one, you know, he turned himself into something out of whole cloth. It was just, uh, and he wanted people to know who he was and, and he, uh, you know, he managed to pull it off in an unbelievable fashion. And of course, anyone who ever, uh, you know, anyone who ever listened to his show knew that, uh, you were on, you were on eggshells if you were one of his guests wondering what he might ask you. <laughs> yes. My favorite question ever. And I think this was on the TV thing he was doing. Uh-huh. I can't remember what it was, was with Trent Tucker. Have you ever heard this little bit? I'm not sure. You know, Tucker, yes. Hey, Trent Tucker, blah, blah, blah. White people, your thoughts. Oh <laughs> Yeah, I don't put it, I don't put somebody on the spot. That's uh, going. <laughs> what? What's know? going on, Dark? Oh, oh yeah, because yeah. he, you know, he never wrote down a note or anything in no. his life. It was all off the top of his head. But uh, oh, my. yeah, he was yeah. a beauty. There's uh, no doubt about it. And uh, uh, the day he died, I know that uh, he had two cell phones. He had the one cell phone that he always answered. Then there was the other cell phone. You know, okay. you really needed to get a hold of them. And I think I got a call from K Fan. I was I was doing a show at a golf course and I got a call from K Fan saying, Have you heard from Dark today? He didn't show up, but he always shows up for a noon Friday show or something. Uh-huh. Thursday. And I said, No, let me check. And I called that I called the other phone, the hotline phone, and he didn't answer. And I got nervous. And then I think it was uh, Bobby Hagan and uh, Chad Abbott and somebody else from the station went over to his place and went in there and they found him. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, he, he had been feeling well for a couple, three weeks. And uh, okay. I think he was finally going to go to the doctor and uh, it didn't make her. So mm. what a beauty, though. He was he a was beauty. Something. Yes. The thing, the the I went and did a story. The, the greatest sporting you know, he loved the Twins. He loved the '91 World Series. He loved that. But the greatest sports event he ever saw was uh, Greg Gagne, uh, Greg Gagne putting uh, Bobby Heenan in the weasel suit at Civic Center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was his all-time favorite sports event, being in the Civic Center the first time they put Heenan in the weasel suit. That's great. So, <laughs> yes. I, I didn't know. I knew him about a, a fraction of what you knew him, but I, I went and did a story on all the kind of the Canterbury crew a while ago. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, he somehow became convinced that he and I were going to go to a Notre Dame football game after like 10 minutes of talking, like be, just because yep. neither one of us had ever been. He was like, we're going to go. Yeah. We're going to like, and he brought it up every <laughs> single time I saw him after that. I was like, when are we going to that Notre Dame football game? I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know this. Like, I guess when you say something, you, you got to follow through with, with dark. Cause he was, uh, yeah. he was, he was going to make you, he's going to make you do that. Yeah. Well, he, he would have made, he, you know, he, he wasn't completely immune to false promises either. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, you know, yeah, but he was, uh, yeah, he'd always come over on, uh, sunny nights when the Sopranos were hot and, uh, 
and we'd go do the TV show, and then we'd and he'd, he'd drop off like three big hunks of meat and give them to my wife and say, we'll be back. And uh, she'd cook them and then we'd watch The Sopranos. And uh, that was a that was a real tradition. And then he'd stick around for, I think the last time I saw him, I showed him that, uh, that Funk Brothers uh, thing. Have you ever seen that with uh, them singing the old Funk Brothers song? And I used to like a two hour documentary. And- oh, I haven't seen it. He loved that music, you know, the bebop and the sure. doo-wop and all that stuff. He loved, he loved that music. At his funeral, we got him a we got him a doo-wop band to come in and I mean a little doo-wop three, four singers to come in and sing that stuff for him. He loved that music. So nice. it's unbelievable uh rock and roll nineteen sixties guy. When it was made, where it was made, who sang it, uh, when, when it was a hit, he was a, he was a music, he was a rock and roll music savant from the 50s and 60s. It was really the, the 60s more than any time he knew everybody. He was, knew every song from two chords. He could have been on, name that tune. It was unbelievable. Well, nine years ago, kind of, kind of bit weird to think that it's been that long, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, what a character, and uh, yeah. all, all better to have known him at the very least. But <laughs> yes. definitely, uh, you know, just uh, sure. he's an all timer. He's an all timer for sure. Well, yeah. Patrick, thanks for thanks for coming on uh, on Tuesday's show today. We'll we'll do this again next week on Monday. I would I would hope and uh, have a great uh, have a great rest of your day. All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. Let's end with the cooler. Patrick and I didn't get into this, but I think he's writing a column about it for Wednesday's paper. Looking forward to reading it. Naomi Osaka pulls out of the French Open and this is kind of the uh the the continuation of the story all week where she you know citing her anxiety didn't want to do media events at uh, at Roland Garros and I, I I get that and I respect that I, I think there's I think people in the sports media which I am one of them get a little uh high and mighty about access and what we do with it I will say though if you the, the way I've always looked at it is I don't think anybody should be forced to do any sort of media session at any time. Uh, but if you're going to do it after a win, you should be prepared to do it after a loss. So we can tell a complete story. So that, that's always been my thing. Make sure you're doing it. You know, if you're going to take the good, you got to have the bad with it. So I'm not saying that pertains specifically to her. That's just my philosophy overall on who should be talking and when they should be talking. If you're going to talk after a win, talk after a loss, be as accessible as you are, as, as you are comfortable with, but don't expect everything to just be all the good news all the time. That'll do it for today. Like I said, I think Rob Refsnyder will be on Wednesday's show. Plenty of other good stuff coming up later this week. Thanks for joining me here on Daily Delivery on Tuesday. Please download this podcast, write a review, leave a rating if you would. Subscribe to Star Tribune, startribune.com, and we'll catch you on Wednesday.